Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Halos in the Infield Weekly Roundup podcast. This week, we are going to just start off right away, and uh, I'm not even going to tell us who we are. I'll just put the put the tags up. You guys should already <laughs> know by now. If you're tuning into week four, you already know. So first off, we have Trevor Bauer's administrative leave. It's gotten extended to July 27th. Uh, he continues to get paid $1.5 million in this time while he is off. What do you think about that? So I think that Major League Baseball is trying to extend it past his July 23rd court date. Mm-hmm. And they're really hoping that there's going to be some information coming out in that case that will let them make a definitive decision on what to do with him. Mm-hmm. But right now, it just seems like they're just kicking the ball down the field and people want to see him get suspended. Yeah, a lot of people want to see him arrested too, which is, I mean, it's the harsher reality of it, but it's definitely a possibility. Yeah, definitely. I mean, end of the day is we need to see what evidence really comes out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, there's a lot of he said, she said. Um, The pictures are not good. Uh, We know that there's a, like we said before, there's a recorded confession, but... At the end of the day, I mean, neither of us are lawyers uh, or judges, so we kind of just need to let the court decide this one. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's pretty much all we can do. Uh, We'll keep updating you as more info comes out. Um, Next up on the docket, we have the Angels are signing Adam Eaton. Yeah, and this is kind of a a puzzling grab. He used to have a lot of success. This year, though, his numbers are really down and there doesn't seem to be any indications that he's going to recover his exit velocities in the bottom 15% of baseball uh, on defense. He's in the bottom 22% of a, an ounce above average. I know he's a league minimum player, but he's playing well below replacement level right now. Mm-hmm. Well, the way I see it as an angels fan is that we've had, we've had outfielders that aren't actually outfielders. Uh, Luis Renjifo, he's been playing in the outfield, and he's already made two game-losing errors. So I, I think they're really just going for a league-average outfielder, and they're really hoping his back comes back from when he was playing with Washington. Yeah, that's true. And he does have previous success. And maybe coming onto a new team, new scenario, it might just kind of revigorate him a little bit. So, you know. Do you have any of his stats from when he played in Chicago? Yeah, let me pull those up right now. Because there was a very short stint there. Yeah, he was. Uh, so, yeah, he was batting uh, 201 with a 298 on base percentage, a 344 slugging, uh, 80% OPS plus. So he's about 20% below league average. Mm. And then that's pretty much where his stats are, were last year with Washington. Mm-hmm. But it was just in 2019 and 2018 that he was an above average hitter. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's just something going on where he just needs to change the scenery. Maybe he didn't want to go back to Chicago. Who knows what's up? Yeah, there's got to be an underlying cause, or maybe he's just getting old. Yeah. I mean, he's only 32, so he should have a little bit left in the tank. Yeah, I hope so. Like Angels were really hoping for a good season out of Dexter Fowler, and then uh, he uh, tore his ACL. So. Yep. Yeah, ACLs so, have not been kind to baseball players this year. Yeah, and we'll, we'll touch more on that later on. And next up, we have Matt Barnes. He's signed a two-year extension with the Red Sox, and it has a club option for 2024. Uh, the deal is worth $7.25 million in 22 and 23 with an $8 million option. I think this was a great extension by the Red Sox. Matt Barnes is having a career year. He's got an ERA in the low twos. Uh, he's got a career-high 14.9 strikeouts per nine innings. That's, uh, you know, Ronald Chapman at his peak. That's 
uh, Craig Kimball, Kimball at his peak. So getting him for seven to eight million dollars a year locked in, that's a great deal. Yeah, good stuff for the Red Sox who are really uh, looking for a closer after Kimbrell left. Yeah, they've been uh, they've been struggling, and we all know about the the issues that they had last year, and they're having a really surprising bounce back season. So getting a guy like this locked in is a big news for them. Yeah, the Red Sox really just needed a bullpen bullpen that uh, wasn't garbage. <laughs> yeah, I think that yeah they needed a bullpen that wasn't garbage, and then uh, they needed JD Martinez to just show up finally. Yeah, and the whole team has showed up. They've been very impressive this year. Yeah, they've been kind of like the uh, American League version of the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both both the top winning teams in each league are both surprising. Yeah, I don't think anyone expected the Red Sox to be there this year, especially after getting rid of Mookie Betts last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed like they were full into a rebuild, but now they're the best team in the American League. So, we'll If... Saying hypothetically, since the trade deadline is coming up, uh, if the Red Sox were to go into rebuild mode, who do you think they would sell off and who do you think they would keep? Man, I'm trying to think of, like, if if they were to go into rebuild mode, especially with their current record right now, without having to excommunicate the entire fan base. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be, it, I mean, just a, like a, like a fun thought, it'd be cool to see what they could get for Xander Bogarts. That's what I was thinking, because, like, like the shortstop class coming up is already massive as is, and you see guys like Trevor Story, their Rockies are already trying to move him uh, instead of like just playing out the season and letting it go, uh, like a pull of Rangers and just be like, oh yeah, we're in contention. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we want to keep him and see what happens, but um, yeah, there would be a big return for Bogarts. Oh yeah, especially with this contract, he's gonna be he's performing like the the top shortstops of the market next year, mm-hmm. but for half the cost. I think his extension was only for about 130 million. Wow. Yeah, and he'd be making 300 million dollars if he were to be a free agent tomorrow. <laughs> that that's crazy. But yeah, next really. up, we have the moment you guys have all been waiting for: the very special bingo number. And the bingo number for today is 072. So make sure you guys have your bingo cards out. Make sure to write it down, 072. Yep. I do not have my bingo card, so I've been informed I've lost out on this number. Yeah, Andrew missed out. I will say I am personally one away. Oh, man. Well, don't get too excited. A lot can happen. Every time I've played bingo, (laughs) it's like I'm always one away, and then like three numbers are called that aren't even close, and then somebody else gets it. Yeah, it's always like a 75-year-old lady from the nursing home <laughs> that stands up. She's got like 45 cards. Yeah, and they got like, they're like the professional with the doppers <laughs> and whatever they are. Yeah, she's got like the little radio thing. Like, <laughs> from the back. Uh, all right, so we got to talk about the Home Run Derby. What did you think of it overall? Oh, I loved it. I had more fun watching the Home Run Derby than I did the All-Star, All-Star game. Oh, they were both so fun. This this All-Star weekend, or this All-Star week, was uh, was really fun. Uh, I really enjoyed watching the Home Run Derby. Uh, the first matchup that we'll cover is the big one, Otani versus Soto. Oh, that was the best one by far. I mean, yeah. you're just starting with the best. What was it? Uh, they were tied, and then they had to swing off, right? So Soto starts off the Home Run Derby for that round, and he hits 22. And then Otani comes up next. I don't think he hit a single home run for at least a minute into his time. And then he just starts going off after his timeout. And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but he got a phone call from Mike Trout halfway through during his timeout. Yeah, he got his power lent to him just for a little bit. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) 
But yeah, then he hit 22. And I do have to say, Otani's pitching coach really let him down. Yeah, he was getting a lot of, uh, what were they, low and inside? That he was just yanking he, down the line? Well, he wanted him, like, belt high and inside. But he kept on giving him, like, low and in to where he couldn't lift him. Yeah, a lot of line drives right down the line. You want to know a pitching coach that I did see really good was Pete Alonzo's. Yeah, he was just being fed that dude was home mechanical. Run I know it was just it was just perfect pitch after perfect pitch. Dude's just throwing darts out there. Ah oh, man, and then Alonzo, he just looks like he's popping it in the air and then he's going fifty feet over the fence. Oh yeah, he. Uh, even though Otani led the home run derby in five hundred foot shots, I'm surprised it wasn't Alonzo because Alonzo almost hit the scoreboard like seven times. I know that was ridiculous. Yeah, but going back to the Otani-Soto matchup, that did end up with Soto winning in a three-swing swing-off, and that was after they ended up tying, go to a one-minute tiebreaker, and then still tying after that one. Otani had a very good chance of winning that one in the tiebreaker, but he ended up tying, and I think he had like 20 seconds to hit one more, and he just couldn't get it out. Yeah, I know. That was so unfortunate. And then give it up to Juan Soto for coming through with the three-for-three on the swings. Yeah, I, I just felt my soul slowly leaving my body as each one of those got out. Uh, the other the other matchup in that side of the bracket was Pete Alonso versus Salvador Perez. What a matchup. Was that, did that end up being 35 for Alonso to 28 for Perez? Yeah, Salvador Perez did not put up bad numbers. No, he, I mean, he had the second most uh, besides Otani and Soto. Of any of the other, uh, you know, contenders. Like, you, you're you looking at Joey Gallo with, like, 19, Matt Olson yeah. with 23. Uh, that sucked for Perez having to go up against Alonzo. Yeah, what can you do about that? Is There's really nothing. Yeah, 35 is a, a monster number to be. That reminds me of, like, what was it, 2017 when the All-Star game was in Miami and Aaron Judge went up against Justin Bohr and Bohr hits, like, 35 and then Judge goes on to beat him. Yeah, I remember that. Or it's just like, like, how can you uh, do any better? <laughs> yeah, like, I hit every ball I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Perez had a great showing. Alonzo had an even better showing. Alonzo moves on to the second round. On to the other side of the bracket, we have Trey Mancini versus Matt Olson. Yeah, what a great story with Trey Mancini. I mean, everyone's heard it by now. Cancer survivor. Uh, you know, he's coming back. This is his first full year back from cancer treatment. And he comes on and puts on a great show. He hits 24 home runs, beating Matt Olson by one, who had 23. Both those guys were just smacking the ball over the place. Yeah, and Trey Mancini got on to a real good role there at the end of his uh, first round. Uh, Matt Olson, he only did lose by one home run. I know. And I was really surprised at just how sweet Matt Olson's swing looked. Mm-hmm. It was one of the smoothest I've seen. Yeah, and some of those balls he hit just looked crunched. It was just... Yeah, it was just like the, the, the nice, smooth, easy swing, and then the ball would go like 480 feet. <laughs> yeah, so many great swings in that home run derby. Um, and the last matchup for the first round was Trevor Story and Joey Gallo. And I'm doing these out of order, so it wasn't actually like the last matchup of the first round. But you guys get the idea. Yeah, we're going with the home team, right? <laughs> That's always the last go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had Trevor Story with uh, 20 home runs and Joey Gallo with 19. Uh, Joey Gallo... Really did not perform like I thought he would. He had a really hard time getting going. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up with uh, 19 home runs, which was which was the least of anyone in the competition. Mm-hmm. He just didn't look comfortable out there at all. Yeah, and a lot of people had him winning. I, yeah, I think I had him winning. So <laughs> <laughs> that was my guy. Yeah, and you see Joey Gallo made a bat change at his timeout. 
Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, he swapped out bats. I don't know what it was. I wonder if it was like the one with the big counterweight at the knob. Have you seen how he has that bat? Yeah. Yeah, I but think... I, I've always wondered how much that affects his swing. It's got to. I mean, he strikes out a lot. I'm just glad I wasn't seeing him like whiff in the home run derby too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a couple of balls that almost killed their uh, pitchers behind the L screen. Yeah. Yep. He was backing it hard. It was just not over the fence. So, which is the yeah. key. And then in the first round, there was also a guy who, like, flipped. Did you see the guy that flipped over the railing in that oh, round? Oh, no, I didn't. No, that, that was in Mancini and Olsen. That was when Olsen was hitting. There was a guy. It wasn't, like, out from the top deck and down into, like, a lower deck. But it was, like, like the tunnel that comes out of the upper deck. And he reached over into the tunnel. And he flipped over the railing into the tunnel. Oh, so man. he only fell, like, six feet. But, yeah, he was okay, though, right? I, I hope so. I, I didn't hear it. I just I'm just getting flashbacks to when Josh Hamilton threw that ball out into the stadium. Oh yeah, oh, and yeah, then the guy fell died. into the crack and died. Yeah, that was in Arlington, wasn't it? That was yeah. And then uh, when I went to Arlington, the old bar- ballpark, um, they have a bunch of like covering on that now. You can't yeah, even you get gotta, down there. That's so ridiculous. Can you imagine just how bad Josh Hamilton had to feel? Even though it wasn't really his fault, you know? It, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't entirely his fault. But for the second round, we had uh, Juan Soto versus Pete Alonso. Yeah, by then you could you could really tell that Soto was getting kind of uh, <laughs> kind of tired, kind of gassed. Yeah, and then Alonso just looked like he had no issues at all, just mm-hmm. handling him. So with that, that ended up being sixteen to fifteen, fifteen for Soto, sixteen for Alonso. Uh, Soto put on another good show. Uh, fifteen home runs is a lot of home runs to hit, especially in the second round. But Pete Alonso is just machine. I don't know if we'll ever see him lose another home run derby. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't think he's going to do it after he gets a big contract. Because I think that's one of the main reasons why he's doing it is because he's only getting paid like a fraction of what like a big big time major leaguer will get. Yeah, he's like, I want one million dollars for every home run I hit. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably getting the endorsements for it too. Oh yeah, I don't know. I think if you win back to back, don't you want to like be the guy that won the home run derby like six years in a row? Yeah. You want to know the guy who's going to be to break it is going to be Mike Trout. His first home run derby, Trout takes down Alonzo. Uh, there's a storyline for you. Oh, yeah, 100%. But going back to uh, your comment about Soto being winded, another guy that was very winded after the first round was Shohei Otani. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I love watching the video of him uh, going to sit on the Gatorade cooler, mm-hmm. and then he can't figure out how to open it because he's sitting on it. <laughs> That was that was my favorite. Yeah, but after after he called his timeout, he was on he was on hands on his knees, like you could just tell he was gassed. He's got that max effort swing. Like when mm-hmm. he goes up there, it doesn't look like he's taking like those easy cuts. It looks like he's putting everything in his body into it. Yeah, and then and then his in game cuts are even harder. I know. Yeah, it looks like he's gonna like tear his back out. <laughs> I hope not. And then he had to start the next day, but we'll we'll get to that here in a bit. Um, and then the second second round matchup was Trey Mancini versus Trevor Story. Oh, I know. And that was a, that was another one that where both of those guys were lucky that they didn't have to face uh, Pete Alonso because that mm-hmm. ended up being thirteen for Mancini and twelve for Story. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it looks like uh, it would have been a final of Alonso versus Soto if yeah. either of those guys had been in a different seed. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it was pretty exciting, and I'm glad for Mancini again, you know. Great story, great for baseball, great for him. Mm-hmm. 
I just wish they kind of spread out the timing of the rounds a little bit different because the way that they have it, they have some guys that get way more rest than others. And it just kind of, it kind of rubs me the wrong way because it's like, ah, oh, man, I want that guy to win, but he's gassed already. I know. The whole guys go back to back and then other guys mm -hmm. are sitting down for like 25 minutes. Yeah. That was, that was really what was happening with uh, Pete Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he was pretty lucky in the draw. I mean, overall, but mm -hmm. he's also like a polar bear, so he can, <laughs> he can deal with it. <laughs> Nothing much you can do. Uh, and then the finals, we had Pete Alonso versus Trey Mancini. Yeah, that was enough, that was a, a great final round. Uh, Mancini with twenty two home runs, a great showing, and then Pete Alonso was just on fire. Mm -hmm. He started off slow too. It looked like yeah. What do you have like five home runs in the first minute? Yeah, he started real slow. He's getting on top of the ball. And then, uh, yeah, just not getting them up high enough. And Mancini really put up a good showing for himself there in the final. I think he had like 22. Yeah, 22 home runs. Yeah, I really thought he had it. Uh, Lonzo had five home runs at his pause. Mm -hmm. And then he just comes out and hits uh, 18 like home runs and like 19 swings. Yeah. Just getting fed the best pitches ever <laughs> from his pitching coach, like you are saying. I think he hit like seven in a row at one point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was like every single ball. And they were, yeah. going, they were moon shots too. They weren't just like barely going over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I do want to say, Trey Mancini, I don't think he hit a single home run in his one-minute bonus. Yeah, I think that's what I had down, too, which was really unfortunate. But yeah, I don't if, know. If he hits, like, a few there, that, that would give him a fighting chance. But I, I think I don't even think Alonzo got to his bonus, did he? I think he had, like, still Probably some time had, like, left. 20 seconds left <laughs> yeah, in, <the> yeah. <laughs> in regulation. <laughs> but uh, Pete Alonzo is your derby champion back-to-back -back 2019 and 2021. Of course, we didn't have an all-star break or home run derby uh, last year because of the COVID season. Uh, Pete Alonzo wins with a total of 74 home runs. Jeez, that's a lot of home runs. Did you see the, the necklace they gave him? Oh, the spinner necklace? Yeah, like the Padres swag chain. Yeah, it gives me flashbacks to like that old WWE belt, the World <laughs> yeah. Heavyweight Championship yeah, spinner, <laughs> the dumb one. I know. All right, moving on, we're here to talk about the All-Star Game, the big the big event. We had Shohei Otani versus Max Scherzer. Uh, how did you like that pitching matchup? I mean, I thought it was great. I thought there could have been a little bit more power on the National League side, mm -hmm. uh, not that many home runs from Max Scherzer. <laughs> you know, still like the most combined home runs in all-star game history for starting pitchers. Yep. <laughs> that is pretty crazy. Uh, that, that was so lopsided on that, on the Shohei Otani <laughs> side, but I, I guess that's a good point. You could have Jacob deGrom up there, and then it would really be the highest in history. Oh, yeah, that's true. It's, it reminds me of like those stats where they'll be like the most combined points by brothers in NHL history. It'll be Wayne mm. Gretzky. The Wayne Gretzky's brother who has five points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, super lopsided stuff like that. Uh, speaking of hitting pitchers, like throughout history, who have been like some of the the best home run hitting pitchers? Like I've heard Mike Hampton, uh, yeah. Jacob Degrom, Zach Granke, Robert what? Roberts back in the day. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, there hasn't been a lot a history of great hitting pitchers. Like, let's just mm -hmm. be honest here. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. Like, if you're hitting 210 as a pitcher with, like, a 700 OPS, you're elite. Like, you're an elite batter. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of where Zach Grinke is for his career. Mm -hmm. Isn't Jacob deGrom still above 300 for this year? Yeah, he is above 300 for this year, but he doesn't – he hasn't historically been a great hitter as a pitcher. So his career stats are still, like, subpar. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't know already, Jacob deGrom was drafted as a shortstop. 
Yeah, yeah. Made the transition pretty late to be a pitcher. Which was pretty crazy considering he's the best pitcher on the planet. But yeah, I'd say he made the right choice. Yeah, I think his bank account says that too. So <laughs> Well, back to the All Star game. Uh Shohei Otani had a perfect first, uh one, two, three inning. It wasn't like perfect, perfect. He gave up like a fly ball, but like that's I wouldn't say perfect because I think perfect is one, two, three strikeouts. But that's yeah. just me. Yeah, Sorry for going on a little <laughs> ramble there. Um, and then Max Scherzer, he also went perfect for the first inning. Yeah, no, they both pitchers came out. They did great. Um, it was really cool to see Otani after being built up so much by Major League Baseball that finally started to market him mm-hmm. to come out there and have that shutdown first inning against the NL's best. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, Scherzer just does what he always does. He just shuts down other teams. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see uh, Scherzer and Otani on the same team here coming up soon. That's what <laughs> Angels fans are really hoping for. Uh, we'll cover that trade for you on the Trade Deadline Show. Make sure to go check that out on the Trade Deadline Day, the 30th or the 31st, one of those days. Yeah, 31st, so there we go. All right, uh, so be sure to check in on that. Uh, also in the All-Star game, who did we have other notable names. I mean, Vladdy Jr. hit that absolute moonshot. Yeah, 468 foot, right? I think that's the lar- longest yeah. in uh, All-Star game history. Yeah, it was... Oh. If Young, you haven't yeah. seen it already, just look at the clip. Just tease off on him. They were interviewing Fernando Tatis Jr. in the uh, in the field, and he just put his hands on his head and just turned around and looked, and he's like, oh, God, that one's <laughs> way gone. Man, that went to like the upper, upper deck of left yeah. field. That was like the last seat. Poor really Alonso impressive. was hitting him for the home run derby. Yeah, it, was, it looked like as long as like any of the home runs we saw in the home run derby. Yeah. That was impressive. And then uh, another home run that I remember was Zunino. Zunino was the next one to get on the board, right? Yeah, yeah. He I made the game a 5-1 to one game, right? It was like 4-1. Mm-hmm. to one. He hit that fly ball to right field that just kept mm-hmm. carrying. Yeah. Which was, uh, I was talking a little smack on him for being a 198 hitter. And then he comes <laughs> out and hits home run all-star game. Yeah, you should have heard the announcer. He's like, yeah, he's really looking for a pitch to drive out of the ballpark here. And then like half a second later, he just tees off on that one. <laughs> yeah, perfect timing. Yeah, but the first run of the game for the AL was scored by Aaron Judge, I believe. He scored after a walk. Who was pitching then for the NL? That's a good question. I don't have that up right now. It's like Gibson. Wasn't No, that was AL. Sorry. Um, geez, who was pitching? I, I forget all like the the later later NL pitchers because like I'm sorry but the NL has kind of forgettable names sometimes because they've lost the <laughs> last six years. So that was Burns from Milwaukee. Oh, it was Corbin Burns. Yeah, yeah. he gave up this little chopper double, right? Chopper double yeah. over Freddie Freeman's head, and uh, Aaron Judge came around to score. Yeah, and I noticed an interesting stat, which is all the runs were created by AL East players. Really. Yeah, so you have uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr., home run, two RBIs. Uh, you have Xander Bogarts with an RBI. Mm-hmm. You have Judge scoring. And then you have uh, Mike Zunino with, a, uh, Zunino with an RBI and a home run. Mm-hmm. And then you also have uh, Mullins from Baltimore scoring. Mm-hmm. So that's entirely AL East. Yeah, Cedric Mullins got his shot. He, he was the starter for the AL center fielder. Yeah, no, he did great. No mm-hmm. issues, you know. He got on base, scored a run. Yeah. Uh, no major mishaps. The real go or the real uh, person that disappointed was uh, Chris Bryant. 
Leave oh. base, yeah, leaving all those runners on base. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, <laughs> the next person I can remember putting a run on the board is JT Real Muto. He had a solo shot to get the NL on the board. Yep, he was the only bright spot for the NL this year. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, did the NL have uh, any other offense? They, uh, I know uh, Manny Machado had the RBI, had the single, and mm -hmm. then uh, ended up making it to second on an error by the on center. An error by Garcia. Yeah, and then he came around to score. Uh -huh. That was about it. So it was 5-2 to two, the final? Yep, 5-2. So, yeah, I want to touch on that Chris Bryant thing. Uh, so the NL had the bases loaded in the bottom of the eighth? Yeah. And uh, the Angels representative, Jared Walsh, who is a first baseman, he was playing left field because Matt Olson uh, had the first base bag all to himself. And uh, Walsh hadn't played a single game of left field in the majors <laughs> ever before. So Bryant lines one to left field in perfect fashion, uh, and Walsh made some nice sliding catch to save the game. I know that was really surprising. When I saw that ball go out to him, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> That but really yeah, did. he got his job done. He did. So maybe uh, you guys got your outfield uh, answer now. <laughs> <laughs> you see Jared Walsh's comment after the game? No, what did he say? He said, I'm really hoping uh, Joe Madden wasn't watching because I really like first base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he know Madden was watching. He's like, hmm, possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> He's already played him in right field, but left field, I don't know. Yeah, that's a, that's a stretch. We're hoping to have Justin Upton back there soon. Yeah, Upton has been a really... Uh, a big comeback this year, too. So I hope to see him back out there healthy. Yeah. Well, speaking of somebody who is not healthy, we're going to move on from the All-Star game, is uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, just after we rec recorded our show last week, uh, he tore his ACL on a weird jumping play he had in Miami. And he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Oh, man, that's so disappointing. He was off to a great start. 24 home runs, 52 RBIs, 17 stolen bases. Had a 990 OPS, was off to a career year, you know, looking at like 35 stolen bases, 45 home runs, and just to see him out for the last half. Yeah, it's really tough to see, especially one of the guys that's like one of the faces of the league. It's just, it just sucks. And especially for the Braves that were hoping for better things out of the second half. And they were talking about it during the All-Star Week with uh, Ozzy Albies and Freddie Freeman. They're just like, what are you going to do now that you don't have... Ronald Acuna Jr. on your team for the second half. <laughs> it almost looked like they were goading him. Like, it was like, oh, come on, man. They're trying to have fun at the All-Star game. Like, oh, how does it feel knowing that you have no chance now? <laughs> That's one thing I want to touch on is some of the media during the All-Star game just seemed so freaking rude sometimes. Yeah, it seemed mean. And it seemed like it would just be like, oh, you're smiling. You're having a lot of fun. And the guy would be like, yeah, I'd like to laugh, have a good time. Well, what do you think about Ronald Acuna Jr.? <laughs> and there's like some like – Hey, Chris Bryant, what do you think about almost getting traded this uh, this upcoming trade deadline? It's like, why would I want to talk about that? Like, What do you think about the GM saying that they don't want you on the team anymore? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I saw Hunter Pence give an interview to, uh, it was Zach Wheeler and who was it? Scherzer. And Hunter Pence didn't even ask a question to Zach Wheeler. He was just talking to Scherzer the whole time. And I'm like, dude, talk to Wheeler. He's there too. <laughs> and Wheeler's just sitting over in the corner just like all sad looking. He's like, oh, I, I guess you don't really want to talk to me, huh? <laughs> He's like, I'm having a good year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> didn't Zach Wheeler strike out the side? Or was that Freddie Peralta? That was Freddie Peralta. Freddie Peralta. He yeah, did good a, there. Yeah, what a great ending by him. Mm -hmm. And then the constant Otani talk throughout the whole entire week. Like, I, 
I like Otani, right? But damn, they asked so many questions about Otani throughout the whole week. Every single player in the league heard an Otani question. Oh, yeah. You know, and I, I think that's good. They're trying to make up for all the lack of marketing they've, they've done. They realize what type of player they have on their hands. Mm -hmm. I just, I loved all the extra footage they had of Otani. Like mm -hmm. uh, when he got scared by the Gatorade girl. <laughs> uh, it's just all wholesome, you know? Yeah, Otani's got very memorable uh, and very clippable uh, clips of whatever he does on the field. He's got memorable faces and uh, mannerisms and all that. Uh, but also about Otani, this last story for us today has uh, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, I don't know if you've heard his comments on Otani, but uh, to get the gist of it, Stephen A. Smith was talking on, uh, uh, what was it, uh, First Take? And he was t telling um, Otani is less of a player, like generally, just generally. I'm not I'm not paraphrasing. Well, I am paraphrasing, but uh, he was saying that Otani is not quite the face of baseball because he has an interpreter or something along the lines of that. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, that was a really disappointing and kind of ignorant thing to say about a person mm -hmm. that he obviously doesn't have any knowledge on. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure as all Angel fans are known or are now familiar with, uh, Otani speaks English just fine. He's given speeches in English. Mm -hmm. um, he speaks with an interpreter, I think, so there's nothing lost in translation. Yep. And that's perfectly fine. Uh, the, you know, baseball is a long history. We have fan bases all over the planet. There's a big Dominican community. There's big Spanish communities. There's, uh, you know, communities of all different languages. Mm -hmm. And people need to be included, inclusive of all the different communities. And if someone doesn't speak English, even if, you know, which Otani does, but even if they didn't, that should not be an issue or a barrier. Yeah. And uh, the day after, Stephen A. Smith got on uh, first take, and that was when they had Jeff Passan on, too. So that was an interesting uh, uh, talk there. And he did apologize, um, but some of it just sounded kind of like excuses, in my opinion. I did watch it, and I was like, eh, that doesn't completely clear your name, bro. No, he basically just doubled down. I have the his quote right here. So basically, he, you know, he, he started off with an apology. And then he reiterated by saying a lot of the mean translators, you know, Spanish, it could be Mandarin, Japanese, the list goes on. If you're a sport trying to integrate yourself at all in the American public, the way Major League Baseball is because of the problems you've been having to deal with in terms of improving the attractiveness of the sport, it helps if you speak the English language. It doesn't mean anything more than that, which to me sounds like a non-apology. Yeah, he's just like, oh, I'm right. You guys are wrong for coming at me like that. But another thing is like, you see guys out there during the All-Star Week, like Vladdy Jr., he was the All-Star Game MVP, right? And he was out there with a translator. Why aren't you getting on him? Like, Stephen A. Smith has... This isn't the first time Stephen A. Smith has gotten on Otani's case. No, and it's probably not going to be the last time. He seems like the type of guy that's just going to come back and double down until that's the talking point. Well, it, it just seems like he just doesn't like Otani for some reason. It seems like he's got a vendetta against him. Yeah, that's kind of the 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 gist I'm getting from it too. Mm -hmm. say he doesn't want to see, uh, you know, I hate to say it, but like uh, an Asian performer at the top of the sport. Uh, yeah, and it's just kind of sad. But uh, that's pretty much all we got on that story. You got anything else for this week? No, and that's about as much as I ever want to talk about Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. First take should just stay out of baseball. Every yeah. take I've heard of theirs on baseball is just bad. Yep, that should be their last take. So, <laughs> <laughs> First take and last take. Yep, cut. 
Yeah, well, thank you, everybody, for listening to my rambling and Andrew's wonderful facts. <laughs> I, I have a couple. <laughs> you got a couple. Um, but make sure to go check out the merch. It's over at redbubble.com, and you can find it by typing in halos in the infield. Uh, and that's all we got for this show. Uh, you guys Thanks, have guys. a great week. We'll update you next week on anything that comes out, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Bye. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.